0: Today on episode number 54 of the Marketing Musician Podcast, which you can find out at marketingmusician.com forward slash 54, we're talking a little money. We have an update on Nimbit and the unspoken rules of how to treat a touring band. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but give it all you got and you just might find your way. Just make the music and you can choose to. Make that dope, watch that fan base grow and go? So many tools you can use So tell the world that's what you're gonna do Do it yourself, you can't lose Who can spread the word, nobody's better than you You're listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast at marketingmusician.com Alright, hello you marketing maniacs, it is I, your smiling host, Jammin' Dave Jackson, author of the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. That is available right out there. It's on a Kindle now. That's right. For Couch Change, you can find it out at marketingmusician.com. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, I would love to have you. You can just email me, Dave, at marketingmusician.com. You can call in your comments, 888-563-3228. If you've got a microphone plugged into your computer, there's a little voicemail button out on the uh, website. And, of course, that is uh, marketingmusician.com, which is uh, where Ann Roos left a little comment. And uh, if you're new to the show, this is where we talk about getting more fans, more gigs, more music sales. And I'm really, really glad that you are here. Yeah, Ann left a message. We are talking last week about how you could use Spreaker to broadcast live. If you're at a show where they have Wi-Fi, Spreaker has an app that works on your phone. So you can actually run a mix from your mixing board into your phone using the iRig uh, kind of connector and broadcast right there live from your gig and uh, hopefully draw people out to the gig or at least let them know they missed something, right? And uh, Ann said, now Ann, by the way, is... uh, the author of the book, The Bride's Guides to Musicians, and The Musician's Guide 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 yeah, *The Musician's guide to Brides, and I'll have links to those out in the show notes, out at uh, marketingmusician.com forward slash five four. She's also a Celtic harp player. You can find her at celticharpmusic.com, and she said she likes to use Stage It, stageit.com. Now, if you're a person you're a solo artist or, or whatever you, your band and you just can't tour. This is a place where you can go out and actually tour from your bedroom. Here's what happens on stage. It an artist performs live, you know, online shows right from their laptop or whatever they're using. They're recorded in their archive. That's right. Every stage show is a once in a lifetime experience they say that's not to be missed. Now, they say they're interactive because Stage It allows both fans and artists to be part of the show. Fans are encouraged to ask the artist questions, request songs, and even chat with other fans during the show. Then Stage It enables fans to support artists. Uh, whether you're helping an artist finance their next album or contributing to the, the performer's favorite charity, Stage It artists actually get paid for their time. And that's what Ann was saying that, Hey, uh, you know, it's nice cause you can actually sell tickets and actually make a bit of moolah. It's a different kind of, uh, thing of what I was talking about, but it is a way to get paid and stream a concert online because this is actually video stage. It is using video and it has pictures of people literally sitting there in their, uh, bedroom. And, um, so, uh, an artist can perform anywhere with a solid internet connection. So if you're wondering how you do this, this could be at home, backstage, or in a studio. Uh, fans can tune in from wherever they are the kitchen, the office, or the bedroom. All it takes is a laptop or a desktop, obviously. The result is an incredibly intimate experience. And uh, you have a virtual tip jar. And, uh, you know, some big name people have used this the Indigo Girls, uh, Jason Mraz, uh, Jimmy Buffett, Ingrid Michelson. So, uh, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield, really? Carly Simon? So it's pretty cool. I've never used it. And now that I read all that, I might have to look into it. But it's at stageit.com. And of course, I'll have a link to that out in the show notes at marketingmusician.com forward slash five four. Hey, speaking of resources for indie musicians, want to let you know I've talked about Nimbit in the past. If you go to marketingmusician.com forward slash Nimbit, it's really one of the top platforms for selling directly to your audience. And they have a new direct pay model where subscribers get paid directly. That means via PayPal as they make sales. There's none of this like you have to wait till the end of the month. Like you sell something, you get paid. And while users, you can still warehouse and ship CDs and t-shirts from the Nimbit warehouse. There is now a self fulfillment option. And I mentioned this a couple weeks back. They've also added other kind of, monetary denominations I guess is what you would say the Australian dollar, the British pound Canadian dollar, the Czech, koruna, Czech, Karuna dunna, dunna, dunna. anyway Danish, krone, uh the Euro, Hong Kong dollar, Hungarian, foreign Israel, new shekel uh, Japanese, Mexican peso New Zealand dollar, Norwegian krone, Polish Zloty Singapore dollar, Swedish Krona, uh, Swiss franc and of course the US dollar so if you want to check that out go over to marketingmusician.com forward slash NIMBIT. That's N-I-N-B-I-T. School of Podcasting. The Dave Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to start off with some quick podcast success stories. Here again, podcasting is opening doors to people. You're connecting with your audience, so you're getting to know them a little better. Subscribe now at schoolofpodcasting.com. All right, next up, I'm going to play you a snippet of my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. This is from the audiobook, which you can get out at the website at marketingmusician.com. And uh, today, we're talking about money. Because as the old story goes, money changes everything. Moving on to money. Oh, yeah. This is where things can get real fun. See, out of all the things that can cause friction in a band, money is probably the one that can really cause problems. It shatters the trust. It shatters the team effort. Now, the key to avoiding money problems is, again, communication. When it comes to all money matters, have a 100% open book. Everyone should be present when the group gets paid. Then there can be no sleight of hand. You know, as one person gets paid 40, one person gets paid 50, one person gets paid 80. Everyone's getting paid in front of each other. There is no room for suspicion. Suspicion is the the key that can start building resentment and things like that. So how do you get rid of this? Again, do everything out in the open, have a 100% open book. Now, some bands set up what are called band funds. This is basically, in reality, an envelope in someone's sock drawer. Now, at every gig, an amount of money is put into the band fund. This is not a bad idea, but it has tremendous potential to cause problems, If you decide to have a band fund, you may want to use some guidelines or some of these ideas, such as, again, write down specifically what the band fund can be spent on. You want everyone's expectations to be on the same page. When possible, have everyone agree before you spend the money on the item that you're purchasing. You want to avoid surprises. Someone should provide monthly reports, and I know you're going, oh, geez. Here we go again. That sounds way too business-like. I know, I know. But if, here's the thing. If you keep people thinking, hmm, I wonder how much is in the ban fund, then you leave the door open to suspicion. Keep everyone up to date on the ban fund. The other thing you might want to do is consult a lawyer to make sure what you agree upon is supported by the law. Things get real sticky if you've got a band fund and you've got $100 in it. Everybody's got a a 25% split and then Jimmy quits, okay? Does he get his 25% of the band fund and then what happens to the new guy that comes in? Now, he's not an equal member and some people will take the new member and they put in more money into the band fund at each gig to kind of catch up or in some cases that person won't have anything in the ban fund, and when you buy something, let's say you buy a bunch of flyers, that person will pay his equal amount out of his pocket. You just want to possibly consult a lawyer, because things like not giving people their money, that's probably illegal in your state. But you want to have, again, something in writing so that people can write off on this, and just keep in mind that you do not have, you do not have to have a ban fund. They're not a bad idea. They come in handy, especially if you're at a gig and the money doesn't divide equally. You can put it into the band fund so that maybe you're going to pay for your web hosting or you're going to pay for posters or things like that. Again, write down up front what it can be paid for. Agree before you buy it that you're going to buy it. You don't want surprises. Now, if you do not have a purpose for a band fund, keep in mind, you do not have to have one because they can be quite a big pain in the butt. Another thing people do with money is equipment. But let's face it, the band that stays together forever, well, those are kind of slim and none. With that thought in mind, how smart is it to purchase items jointly? When you do this, then you have to buy out the member who is leaving. Now, if this trend continues, the last person remaining in the band owns the equipment, The bad news is for this person is they paid full price and their equipment is probably used and abused from the road. Now, Typically, the equipment that gets purchased by the band is the PA system. It may be a good idea to have each member purchase a part of the system. One person buys a speaker. One person buys an amplifier. One person buys a monitor. Then you equally share your system. Then if someone leaves, they take their equipment with them. Then the band can either let the new person buy that piece of equipment or in some cases they may want the person leaving may want to sell it to the new person coming in especially if they're just getting out of the music business completely this is where a good use of the band fund your bass player quits and takes the speakers for the pa with him you take the band money to purchase speakers to replace the pair the old bass player took when the new bass player joins explain how it's only fair that he owns a piece of the pa consequently he must pay back over time if needed, the band fund. When the money is paid back, then that person, the new person, owns the speakers. If you have purchased equipment jointly, you may want to put in the rule, if you quit, you are not getting your share of the equipment. Now this is an incentive to help keep the band together, however legally they are entitled to their share. So again, tread lightly, get it in writing, and probably consult a lawyer. However, if a person gets fired They should get paid. Again, legally, they are entitled to their share. Then the last man standing owns the equipment. If the band calls it quits all at once, then you can sell it and split the money. This is something that should be, again, defined up front when you're starting the band. One last point while we're discussing equipment. My first guitar was an off-brand, no-name guitar. It worked. It wasn't the best, but it gave me something to play. Later, I bought a used Gibson SG that I still own today. It's my baby. Now, even though it was used, it's in fine shape and plays just as good as the same guitar brand new. My point, I've seen bands get ready to get ready because they're trying to get the latest, greatest high-tech equipment. However, it costs so much that they can't afford it. They would take the money from gigs to pay for it, but they can't get any gigs without the equipment. See what I mean? They're, they're getting ready to get ready. There's a lot of fine equipment that can be purchased that's used. So don't rule out used equipment. Here's what it boils down to with money. Some of these ideas may make sense to you and some of them may not at all. Everyone has their own ideas when it comes to money, and here's what you need to do regardless of equipment, band funds, etc., quitting, firing, whatever. Communicate if not weekly, monthly at the bare minimum. If everyone is up on the money situation, then they don't have to guess and speculate about the state of the current financial situation. Set up a system that is so open that you don't have to trust the person holding the money. Do you understand what I mean by that? You don't have to trust them because you never have to guess. You never have to speculate it. Make it that open. If you can talk about this before you are dealing with any money... Much like defining a music style before you pick your songs, it can make the process much smoother. So define the rules of the band fund before you have one. Now, as anal and businesslike as this may appear, overcommunicate to the point of nausea. With a well-informed group, you can focus again on the music. Sad but true. While I've not had it happen to me personally, I've heard of folks who would book the band and then tell their bandmates, yeah, we're getting paid 350 Then the band would get paid 500 This person would pocket the extra money and pay everyone else as if they'd been paid 350 Greed can turn people into really disgusting creatures. Argue with uh Cindy Lauper, right? I remember that song. Holy cow. Hey, uh last up here, the unspoken rules of how to treat a touring band. There is um here's here's a thought. With um cell phones and basically when you're on stage, you are you should, even though you're only playing to six people right? You got to remember, you could very easily be playing to the world. We're talking about streaming live shows today. And with the fact that you can be videoed and on YouTube in seconds and going viral because you acted like a complete horse's ass, you got to keep that in mind. And I've always said just, you know, people talk to people. I have done websites for uh for bar owners and you'd be amazed at even though these guys are quote competition, boy do they hang out together. And uh, hey, if you run out of Jim Beam, you can call me and I'll bring you some and blah blah. They they they're all in it together because here again, they know that even though this is a bar and you are obviously my competition, the real competition is things like Netflix and Xbox and you know, all the other things that are keeping people home on a Saturday night. So I say that to say, just don't be an idiot because people talk to people who talk to people, you know, fans talk to fans, owners talk to other owners and, uh, it's amazing. So, uh, this article is from a mystery. That's interesting. It's from the website last Stop. Boy, what a bad last stop booking. And um, it says here, as a, a touring artist myself, I'm sometimes booked with local acts who are either new to the industry or unaware of common courtesy when it comes to working with an out-of-town band. There are certain unspoken rules that really come down to just common sense and decency when you play with other bands. And again, you you hope to treat others well so that in the the karmic circle of touring, you'll have other acts that treat you with the same respect in return. Plus, most musicians hold grudges for a long time. If you screw them over, you'll lose opportunities in the future. So here are his tips. Number one, door money. If you're playing with a band that's going to be on the road for the next several weeks or months, give your share to the out-of-town act, especially if you're opening for them. The only exception is if they have a large guarantee and will be set for their travels. But if they're struggling playing small to mid-sized rooms and are just trying to grow their fan base or will driving all night because they don't have a place to stay, uh, step it up and give them your share. Not only will they be grateful, but they'll be more likely to help you get a show or some fans when you play their town. You'll also make the venue happy because you'll ease the guilt if they aren't able to pay a hardworking touring band as much if they'd like. Another thing here, shorten your set. If you are opening for an out of town act, play a shorter set so they get more stage time and won't be going on after midnight. If you don't want to be the ones on the other side of the coin, play 1000, you know, playing thousands of miles from home at 1:30 a.m. because some local act played so long everyone left the club. All right? Here's another one. Engage your fans. Encourage your fans, your friends to buy merchandise from the band on tour first, then consider your own Whenever I go to shows and see an artist promoting someone else, I buy something from both bands. It's the decent thing to do. Cuz again, the idea is here, you know, this is a band that's from out of town. And you know, there's nothing worse than when you get paid and you go, "Well, that might be enough to cover gas. I guess I'll eat on Thursday." Right? Uh, headliner, unless it's an established national act, most touring bands prefer a strong local to headline instead. If you know you can get a crowd to the show, don't be afraid to headline. It will make you look good. All right, Share the hospitality, they say. I remember once a very long tour. Uh, We got to the club late because of traffic. They drove over 14 hours straight to get there. They were starving. They were exhausted. The club provided food, but the other bands and their friends that they invited to the green room Ate almost all of it, so we were forced to wait until after our set to eat. Um, Just consider others before yourself. And then last but not least, use your brain and your heart. If you remember the golden rule, which is, of course, treat others how you want to be treated, it'll be likely that other bands will throw more shows your way. Your opportunities to tour with a band who has an established following in other markets will increase, and you'll feel good for helping a starving artist. But if you're a greedy douchebag, his words, not mine, by the way, no one will want to help you get you where you want to go. So just some things to think about. If you have a, a band coming in from out of town, some unwritten rules, and I'll have a link to that. Again, it's out at, uh, looks like Last Stop Booking is uh, where we got this particular article. And uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Again, everything that I talked about today, you can find out at marketingmusician.com forward slash five, four. While you're out there, you can also find a class on building your band's website. Now, uh, if you don't have a website yet, please email me with the phrase quick start in the subject line. And here's what I do. I basically go in and I send you a link. That's an affiliate link. That means I earn a commission and uh, I send you the link. You order the hosting for your website. It's about eight bucks a month. And I will go over and install WordPress, which is a free program that you can use to build your website. I'll also install the plugins that you can use to put music and your calendar and everything else on your website. All you'll need to do is provide graphics, obviously, and photos and music, things like that. But the structure of your website will be there to go. And you're like, well, that's great, but I don't know WordPress. Well, I'll give you free access to this course, all the videos. So you basically spend eight bucks and you get access to the course and you get a new website. And from there... You can take your website and link to Facebook, link to Twitter, link to whatever else you want to link to, but you'll still have that hub, that central hub where everybody can always find you and you own it and you control it. You don't have to worry about Earl, the web guy, the fan that said he'd bill you a website and then made it on some GeoCities free program. No, this is a real website and uh, will take your career to a bigger, broader audience. You're going to go a little more pro. So uh, check that out. Everything's out at marketingmusician.com, along with my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. There's a link for that. And I want to appreciate everybody who's uh, been picking that up. And if you get a chance and you pick up the book, uh, go leave a review out at Amazon. And uh, speaking of reviews, you can review this podcast. Go over to marketingmusician.com forward slash iTunes and never miss another episode And while you're there. Always super deeply appreciate if you leave us a review. In iTunes, it helps the podcast get found, which gets more people listening, which gets more people like Ann Roos, who chimed in. Today, that's how we found out about stages. It. So uh, tell a friend, and I uh, always like to leave you with this quote, and that is, you know, if you have money, well, there's always therapy. But for the rest of us, there is music. Hallelujah. Stay cool, everybody. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of The Marketing Musician Podcast.